Hey, it's Darren from Bonfire. Thanks for checking out the podcast. This episode was recorded live on YouTube and Facebook. Head on over and you'll get the full Bonfire experience. Consider giving us a like and a subscribe. And when you do that, you help fuel more free content here on Bonfire Sports. Find everything you need, links and more, bonfiresports.ca. Now, enjoy the show. Darren Bombing, Zach Schnitzer. What's going on, everybody? It's Bonfire Midweek here on Bonfire Sports. Thanks to everybody for joining us. People are already live, sitting in the weight room, waiting for us to go live Tuesdays, 7.30, as we always do. Zach Schnitzer, what's going on, man? How was your weekend? Did you stay cool here in Southern Manitoba? I, I stayed reasonably cool. We got uh, we got some people in the uh, splash pad area, and my son just went. You never know, right, when it's your son's first time going in the splash pad. And he just went ape, S-H, something T. He just ran in there. <laughs> like... He had, he had his, he had, we didn't even bring like a swim diaper or a swimsuit. He just bolted and the really? water was cold, but, uh, yeah, we had a great, we had a great father's day weekend. I, my, my daughter made me a hat. Uh, I got a bike helmet, some earbuds. I, I'm still waiting for my Maroons road shirt. It's coming. And, uh, <laughs> today, today I'm honoring pops with my Einstein shirt because he, my dad, Mendel, looked exactly like Einstein. Like he Did literally he? looked like this is him. This is literally looked like him. It's crazy. So people used really? to call him Einstein. So uh yes. A happy Father's Day to everybody. Uh hopefully it was a wonderful day. And and if your dad isn't around anymore, uh it was probably a hard day for you. And I and I hope uh you felt him with you wherever you believe he is and uh happy to talk football because that always brings me close to my dad because that was our thing Darren so nice yeah. to be with you today buddy no absolutely good to be uh with you and and with everybody happy belated father's day Zach and and to everybody out there who uh uh is a father um everybody's in the live chat already what's up Gregory and and Booch and Sandy and my boy, Nick Kowalski out in BC. What's happening, brother? Um, people are already asking questions. L let's quickly get into one. I do want to run down, though, before I get to yeah, Sandy's yeah. question here. She's watching live on YouTube. What's going on, Sandy? Um, obviously, we're going to look at the Winnipeg Blue Bombers week to win 19-12 in Ottawa over the Red Blacks. We'll answer the question that a lot of people are wondering right now. Are they legit? I have a pretty concrete take on this zach so uh we'll, we'll get into that okay. i'm sure you do too uh we'll do quick uh spin around the canadian football league and look at the week two that was uh and ahead to week three uh we will get into our bonfire do or die fantasy league and pick them contests see who our leaders are through two weeks of the cfl season and then of course we're going to tee up the gray cup rematch here in winnipeg at ig field 
on Friday night. Bombers are 2-0. and The Ticats are 0-2. You talk about having a bitter taste in your mouth, Zach. Imagine being winless as one of the favorites in the East Division, going into Winnipeg and having to face a team that's beat you in each of the last two championship games, and they're going to be wearing white, the, the color that they've worn in beating you two times. The Cats are going to be hungry. Dude, <laughs> if I, I remember, so I was watching, I know we're going to get into this, okay, but I, we'll get into it later. Let me just say this. If I'm the Thai cats, you know, cat, cats get hungry. I have three cats, Darren. They they get a load of food every day. They they puke half of it up, but uh, that's, that's <laughs> another story. But the Thai cats puked up that win. We'll get to that one, but oh yeah. my goodness. In a better East division, with maybe the exception of Montreal right now, the Ticats coming off that loss, and now they're coming to, to play a rematch with the champs in IG Field with Dane Evans. Oh, baby. And we're going to yeah. have the whiteout, which I personally love, and we can talk about that later too. But so much to get to with that rematch and and, and just some of these super exciting things around the league, Darren, just before we, you finish your rundown, dude, I just, I do want to yeah. recognize that today is national indigenous people's day. And that's really important in Manitoba. We, we have a very high percentage of people who are indigenous and it's a day of celebration. And I was just reading in the CBC that, that there was a few young people who are relearning their language and just relearning their, or not relearning, but just learning their language brought them out of some dark places. One person was struggling with addiction. And, and if you've never learned about indigenous languages, uh, learn about it. Hopefully your company or workplace or you have a chance to read something. I, I, I was in a training and I'll, and I'll stop at this, but I was in a training at work and the, the word for child is yeah. the same word for, it was either grandparent or great grandparent. And I believe it meant like star or something. And it was just beautiful, just like so such rich language. And it and it really told me that if you, if your language gets stripped away from you, mm -hmm. you lose so much. So happy Indigenous uh, National Indigenous Peoples Day. It's a day to celebrate and a day to, to do what you can to learn more about truth and reconciliation. So thanks for, for giving me that little uh, spot there, Darren. No, absolutely. It's it's important. Hey, culture, regardless of what it is, is important to us as individuals. It's important to us as a community, right? Your family, your neighbors, your neighborhood, your town, your city, wherever you are, culture is important, right? It it, uh, it really does um, enter every part of our lives. So for, uh, you know, uh, Indigenous Peoples Day, uh, I think it's a good thing to recognize. But let's get into the show and yeah. uh, lots of uh, Canadian football and Winnipeg Blue Bombers talk to get to. Uh, before we get into CFL Week 2, yeah. let us send out congratulations uh, to former Blue Bombers head coach Dave Ritchie. And like way back in the day, three-way player, he mostly played defensive back, Tricky Dick, Dick. Thornton, uh, those two individuals amongst many deserving uh, P 
people in Canadian football going into the Canadian Football Hall of Fame 2022 class. Congratulations to them. Uh, I think people remember Dave Ritchie. It wasn't too, too long ago here yeah. in Winnipeg, brought the Winnipeg Blue Bombers back to relevance uh, in the late 90s and early 2000s, brought them to the Grey Cup in 2001 when Kahari Jones was CFL MOP. Um, and, uh, you know, just a, an unbelievable personality with that Southern drawl and, and the way he... Yeah. Um, engaged with fans and media and his team uh, and the rest uh, hearty congratulations to those two guys tricky dick thornton he played db he played receiver like he even played a little bit of quarterback he kicked he returned kicks he blocked he did everything uh he's been in the winnipeg blue bombers hall of fame since i think the 80s so yeah. good to see uh tricky dick uh getting into the canadian football hall of fame getting that national recognition well deserved, and, and 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 they're crazy when you think about guys who used to play multiple positions. I mean, I remember early on in in, in training camp, we were talking about Janarian Grant and how mm -hmm. he he might get some reps on offense, but but O'Shea was like, well, you got to be careful because he's the punt returner, and and he 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 returns kicks as well, and it's like teams now are very very care even if it even if a player can do both. They're very careful about playing you in more than one position, unless it's, you know, a, a backup lineman, a linebacker and, and playing special teams or something. It's just it's crazy to think about the, what those yeah. guys did. Uh, I like this comment uh, from waiters who uh, is always in the comments. Did Hamilton have deja vu on Saturday? Blew a fourth yeah. quarter lead and loss on an interception in overtime. Um you know, some other people uh, in the live chat, I think I lost it here, um, but uh, asking for uh, a health update or injury update on the Blue Bombers. We're going to get to that. Uh, some details to uh, share with everybody out there. But yeah, Hamilton did have a little bit of deja vu over the weekend. Uh, that yeah. was the third of four games in CFL week two. Let's start uh, with the first. And it was Montreal at Toronto uh, on Thursday, Zach. And uh, you think... Like if you're out there and you're looking at the Winnipeg Blue Bombers kicking situation, and you're saying like, this is, this is ridiculous. We need someone who's going to be 95%. That game saw kicking being the determining factor and both teams had struggles in it. The Argos, yep. it was their home opener and their season opener. They moved to one and zero with a 2019 win over the Montreal Alouettes. Vernon Adams Jr. pulled from that game after like four pass attempts enter Trevor Harris. He got the job done when it mattered. He got them into the goal range, Zach. And, but, but uh, ultimately uh, they um, they're not able to uh, get their first win on the season. Kahari Jones seats getting warmer by the minute sitting at 0 and two Vernon Adams jr. Has COVID-19. So no quarterback controversy in the short term, Zach, they're going to have to start. Trevor Harris in week three, uh, Montreal is home to the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. I, I got to tell you, man, and, and, and maybe I'll be proven wrong. I don't think even if Adams doesn't have COVID-19, I don't think there's a quarterback controversy there at all. You saw Vernon Adams. He didn't play great in week one. He was inconsistent like he always is. And and don't get me wrong, I'm pulling for Ferdinand Adams. He, you remember in week one that highlight reel, like high hurdle into the end zone, Darren. Mm -hmm. Like this guy's an absolute dynamic player. He's yeah. the league needs him to be good. 
But then you get pulled in week two and Trevor Harris comes in, you know, 60% completion percentage, 270 yards. He did have the one pick, but he did his job on the road against a stout Toronto defense and did did enough to win them the game. They should have won the game. David Cote misses. I don't know. What was that? A a 32 yarder or something? Very, very makeable. It was a makeable kick. Yeah. No question. And 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 um, Toronto was interesting. You know, you saw them coming in, and a lot of people were big on Toronto. Andrew Harris, dare I talk about Andrew Harris? He yeah. had a whale of a game, but uh, he had eighty-seven well, he? yards Not rushing. Entirely. Yeah. Well, three quarters of the game, he had eighty-seven yards rushing, twenty-three yards receiving. So he's over a hundred yards. It's a typical Andrew Harris game. You saw him bust a seventeen, uh, uh, along a seventeen. And, but then he gets hurt and it didn't, I I hate to say it, but it didn't surprise me. It didn't surprise me. It broke my heart. Did you see him like the way Andrew Harris was running in the first quarter? Like he was like a bat out of hell. He was running so hard, fired up, popping up off the turf after the play. Like he was vintage Vintage. and then kind of faded away quickly and and now he suffered uh what is i believe been reported a hamstring injury so we'll see if uh if if andrew harris is is good to go week three they're in bc the late game on saturday with a nine o'clock kickoff and dinwiddie Dinwiddie was quick sorry darren dinwiddie was quick to say you know he 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 thinks he'll be back he didn't say he will be back but it it just i have this gut feeling that this is going to be harris's entire season and I don't know, he's got the, it's, it's, it sucks for him because he's got the ability mm-hmm. and he's got the talent and he's got the drive and you know, he has the playbook down. You want to see him succeed. Although some bomber fans maybe don't, but the health and, and he proved Kyle Walters and that brass right on, on Thursday. I hate to say it just from an objective perspective. You? okay fair (laughs) (laughs) i kid of course i kid of course zach you know we all know that that you were a a huge uh tried and true blue fan and uh you know that's what we enjoy it's what i enjoy uh having here on uh on the show and uh on the channel so um it's good it's good to have some balance right i'll i'll try to be the objective one you can you know sprinkle in a little objectivity here and there i'm cool with that but uh we all know where your your uh, allegiance lie and and the listeners will and you can tell me whether i ever get away with it uh i uh, i don't know if i could ever get away with being objective but anyway you'll do the best you can uh so uh, yeah. <laughs> uh continuing in week two in the cfl bombers win 1912 in ottawa over the red blacks we're going to get into a lot of those topics yeah. in just a minute uh but quick thought on the Stampeders roaring back and, you know, absolutely trampling. If I can use a, a, the proper metaphor for a Stampeder <laughs> trampling a Tiger Cat. Uh, 33-30, they win in overtime. Bo Levi Mitchell's numbers were far from Sterling in this game, but he threw for 313 yards, two touchdowns, one interception. Uh, he was good enough, and despite... Um, Peyton Logan and Kadeem Carey both being banged up in that game and, and Carey looked like soft tissue, uh, something in the ankle region. Uh, then came Peyton Logan and he looked like an absolute 
firecracker, like a real spark plug for the Calgary Stampeders. Nine carries for 45 yards. Uh, he had four catches for 59 yards and then a very, very scary moment where he was down on the field, appeared to lose consciousness. Uh, don't know that for sure, but um, hoping the best for uh, Peyton Logan. Looks like a heck of a football player in uh, really the, the first time he popped off yeah. the page uh, in his bad, CFL eh? career. But man, coming back from 24 nothing with three minutes left in the second quarter, Calgary gets the ball down the field enough to kick a field goal. So it's 24-3 at the half. And then entering the fourth quarter, they're still chasing the lead. And they come back to tie it with just enough time to force it to overtime. Uh, and the Stampeders improved to 2-0. and The Tie Cats, bitter tastes in their jowls right now uh, at 0-2. Yeah. They're they're eating that. that uh, if you're a cat person, they're... they're you know, <laughs> mom and dad... Are you going to say they're, they're eat eating their throw-up? <laughs> They're eating their throw up or they're eating that sort of congealed wet food that's left there. The dregs mom and dad forgot to feed them. Listen, I want to I want to point to a to a crucial part in the game and to use a bonfire analogy. You know, the embers, the embers were getting low for Calgary. They're down Mm -hmm. 24 three. This is in the third quarter, Darren. And the Ticats are they seem to be driving at will. and And I listened to. Our, our friends Podsky Wee Wee, which is a which is a CFL fan Riders. podcast. Yeah. Oh no, uh, Podsky great... Wee Wee. Sorry. That's yeah, Pod... fan fancast. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, Podsky Wee and they and they did a post game and credit to those guys because they were crushed, but they they still crushed out a a post game right after the game. And you imagine how, as a fan, your heart gets ripped out. And they talked about how the Ticats were playing <laughs> yeah. really well in offense, and and they were maybe they they were surmising that the the Ticat O line isn't the best this year, not as good as usual. So they were getting out some quick passes, and you saw Dane Evans just uh, it's kind of like that run and shoot offense with June Jones, and it was effective. And they were driving down twenty four three deep in the third quarter, Darren. They're they're essentially trying to put the game away, mm-hmm. and they go for it deep in Calgary territory. On third and two. And I thought even before the play, and, and this is just someone who've watched who's watched CFL for so many years, and you have too. When you watch the CFL and people you chime in on this, you get a feeling, Darren, in a mm-hmm. game, even if it's maybe seems to be out of hand in the CFL, the game's never over. And I just I felt like okay, they're going for it. They're they're up 24-3. If they're up 27-3, now they're up over three scores, I believe. Uh, if my math is 27-3, uh, yeah, it's like two, it's three touchdowns with two, three two-point conversions, right? So if you go and you get the field goal, you have all the momentum. They were on the Calgary nine-yard line. They've killed a bunch of time off the clock. And they go for it on third and two. And the guys in Podsky Wee Wee, their thinking was, put the game away. If you get the touchdown, it's 31 to three. The game is over. Yep. Fair enough. But I, 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 and I, and I promise you, I was thinking, do not go for it because it's not third and a half a yard. It's not third and one. It's third and two. And yep. sure enough, Jameer Thurman, who's a stud on defense, stuffs Hamilton. And I thought to myself right there, this game is over. And people might not believe me. They might not believe me, Darren. But I knew this game is over. And sure enough, 
Calgary comes back, they get the touchdown, and you know, back and forth, back and forth, they take it to overtime. And I just, I just think sometimes, and I'm not gonna, uh, I'm not gonna diss Orlando Steinauer and Tommy Condell. Those are very no, good coaches. You? How can you? But sometimes coaches outthink themselves. There's a time to. There's a time to be gutsy, like when Kolaris threw that 30-yard bomb to Dalton Schoen off the turnover. You got to right? take your shots. You have to take your shots once in a while or else nobody's going to think you're a of threat. Of course you do. Of yep. course. And you have to stretch out the defense. All those things we always talk about. Sometimes you got to go for two. But you're up 24-3 deep in Calgary territory. They've literally done nothing the whole game. You're getting towards the end of the third quarter. Kick a field goal. You're up 27-3. The risk reward didn't make sense to me, Darren. And I think sometimes Okay, oh, hang on, hang on, hang on. Risk reward? Risk you said reward. they had a chance to put the game away and and you're still talking about, you know, a 3 oh, three score game. You're sharp, Darren, but but I think the risk reward is you don't need the touchdown to put the game away. Like yes, you're 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 well, like They clearly did. <laughs> if you Well, hold on a second. If you get the touchdown, yeah. you put yes, you put the game away. If you get the field goal, you're still almost putting the game away. And you don't need to put the game away there. I'm just saying the risk reward, if you don't get it, you fire up a team that is that is basically glowing embers at that point. And then all of a sudden it's like, hey, the psychology is hey, we're down 24-3. Hey, if we get a touchdown on this drive, who knows? 24-10. You're only down by two scores. I, I just think, looking back, I knew they were going to... And, and the, this happened to the Bombers before. Anyway, I'm, I'm going on a tangent here, but dude, it... it if yeah, I'm, I, I, I'm guessing the Podsky Wee-Wee... I'm guessing that Podsky Wee-Wee postgame got you a little bit fired up. Well, Sounds I'd be like sickened it. if I was a fan, and now you're 0-2. Yeah. And I know Hamilton-Calgary games are always wonky. That's another story. But now you're 0-2. You're coming into IG Field. You have... You have Dane Evans, who looked pretty good, but he's a guy who's been owned by Winnipeg's defense in both Grey Cups. And you're coming in. I I think he was owned in both Grey Cups. I wouldn't say owned. They didn't own them in 2021. They they needed overtime to win. That was no, you know. but 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 the but the but Dane Evans was owned. That's what I'm sorry. Mazzoli was better than Evans in the Grey Cup. Mazzoli no, was no unbelievable in the Grey Cup. But yeah. Evans was not. He was four of nine. He had a pick for 32 yards when he got hurt. 2019, he was manhandled. You got the Jeffs. You've got Jeffcoat Jefferson. I'm just saying. It, yeah, no, I hear you. It's, facet, it's a fascinating matchup that we can get to. I know we haven't even finished around the league. Yeah, I know. You're killing me. Just kidding. <laughs> it's important to analyze the game that just happened for the blue bombers upcoming opponent. You, we, you can eat, you know, like a guy like me would just be like, man, they've got a bitter taste in their mouth, but it is good that you dig into why they lost, how they lost, because they're going to come into Winnipeg fired up. And knowing that recent history, that's what we're here for on bonfire midweek to get you educated on what happened, what may happen, the key matchups uh, and the rest. Dane Evans looked dangerous last week he was 71 percent, yep. 425 yards passing 
three touchdowns, did throw two interceptions, and it ended up hurting them. Uh, but a quarterback efficiency rating just under 100. Uh, and Tim White, like 131 yards. He was targeted yeah. 14 times with 11 catches. Like he was all over the field. Uh, Winnipeg's going to have to keep a very close eye on number 12, Tim White, in the Hamilton Tiger Cats receiving core. Um, on Friday night. And then of course the week wrapped up with Saskatchewan and Edmonton and the riders coming out of Edmonton with a 26 16 win, a game that was probably much closer than a lot of people expected. Um, Brett Lowther was good in this game and had a field goal late to win, but uh, it was as close as, you know, it was, it was, 15-13, 21-16, 15-13, 21-16, like it was a pretty close football game uh, in the fourth quarter. Saskatchewan did finally put their foot on the gas and uh, put down uh, the Edmonton Elks, clearly an inferior football team right now. But that leaves us, Zach, now with week two in the books and looking ahead to week three, the West is got a three-way tie for first place with Calgary, Winnipeg, and Saskatchewan all at 2-0. and And then you look over to the East, What's going on? They have one win, and it was the team that played their home opener and their first game of the season in week two with Toronto winning by a very narrow margin. I understand Montreal would have won if Toronto didn't. Uh, it almost like it should have ended in a tie because that would still leave the East Division winless. Ottawa, Hamilton, Montreal, all goose eggs in the W column. There was a lot of talk, Zach, this past offseason about these free agent signings and quarterback additions and this and that and the other, that the East Division's the strongest it's been in the recent memory, and uh, it's finally parity in the league. I never bought that for a second. Ottawa needed to rebuild. Montreal had glaring issues. Toronto and Hamilton, probably the best of the bunch, and Hamilton's 0-2. Toronto's got a win, but they barely beat Montreal. Like, is the East going to be a tire fire in 2022? Is my question to you. Well, and and I'm one of the jokers, or my as my dad would have said, one of the yahoos. I don't know. Did your dad use that word? Or anybody in the chat? Is that is that sort of a uh, baby? I was reading. Holy smokes, he's the bee's knees here from Dave. That's talking about Rashid Bailey. Uh, what, what, was, what was the, uh, well, I was going to say, yeah, yeah, my dad, if I was an idiot, which happened a lot, surprise, surprise, <laughs> he used to call me a Yahoo. Is that, is that recognized? I think it's recognized by some as insensitive. Is it? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. My apologies. I'll have to look that up. Yeah. Um, but, oh, absolutely. It's, it's, it's a colloquial term and, and used often or has been okay. used often. Well, I apologize. Um, I don't but... know the offensive nature of the word, but I will look it up and will not use it again. He also called me a yolt, which is Yiddish for like just idiot. Um, okay. Especially whenever <laughs> I tried to help him like around the house, he just. Well, what dad you, hasn't you told their, that... what dad hasn't told their son, you know, and I'm not talking <laughs> about one, like you've got a tiny little guy that's still goo goo gaga. Right. And then trying to talk, but like one that is, you know, coherent for conversation everybody's father calls them a dummy when they need to be called a dummy because how else do you learn? Right. But yeah, well, there's, there's positive ways to learn, but anyway, I I get your point. I was one of the uh, dummies who saw the East as, as I was excited about the East. 
Uh, I saw Montreal loaded up. I saw Vernon Adams maybe taking a turn for for better. And if he couldn't do it, you know, Trevor Harris. I saw I saw Hamilton. You know, I know you said a couple times, actually, based on Orlando Steinauer saying, you know, Hamilton, they, they've got a lot of figuring out to do. But they, they still have a good pedigree. Toronto, mm-hmm. I saw, is loaded up. And Ottawa. I saw is loaded up and then I, I wasn't, we weren't sure about, about BC and Edmonton, just uh, BC, uh, despite what uh, Nick Kowalski saying here, if Sask is so good, imagine a team who could drop 59 on Edmonton. Uh, buddy, I, I love when Nick joins us and I can't wait to get him yeah. on the show and when, when BC's coming up, but I did think they'd be stronger. And, and when you say it like that, Darren, that they have one win in the division between them, mm-hmm. That doesn't sound good, although it's only been week two, but but well, maybe the well, East will get better. It it may get better. If you look ahead to week three, I'm just pulling it up here now. Uh, there is no pure East Division matchups. And right. if you're following the ticker along uh, at home, uh, when Zach was going through, Zach, you were going through your, your Hamilton, um, you know, decision-making recap. I was trying to plug in the lines from sports interaction, uh, that, uh, I failed to do before the show. I apologize, but interesting to, to look at those. So when you look at, um, the upcoming schedule, no East on East division games, right. so they could remain a one win division. Uh, if Saskatchewan, Winnipeg, um, and BC are all victorious this week. Ottawa gets the bye after uh, going to 0-2 and, and, and two games against the defending champs. But uh, Saskatchewan, three-and-a-half-point favorites in Montreal on Thursday. The Bombers open at four-and-a-half-point favorites over the Ticats. I think that's a pretty good number. That's about a one-and-a-half-point actual spread on a neutral field. I think that's pretty fair uh, for how well these teams know each other. Um, the Elks are nine point underdogs in the battle of Alberta on Saturday night. And then BC at home where I think they got a little bit of juice. I think they're going to be strong there this year. Four and a half points on the Toronto Argonauts. So same line as Winnipeg at home, uh, to Hamilton. So those are your numbers. We get them from sports interaction, a great place to check out. If you need to speaking of a great place to check out Zach. And you talked about it uh, off the top of the show, and that is Maroon's Road Apparel. I have to shout these people out because they are awesome. This is a really, really hot item. It is their brand new Winnipeg Blue Bombers uh, design with the bye wing dropping the footballs, uh, the football bombs. Uh, It's just a great design and unique. What I love about Maroon's Road, Zach, is that these apparel items are a conversation piece. You need some fresh tees or a nice hoodie for around the bonfire this summer. Oh, you see what I did there? Check out maroonsroadapparel.com. Uh, awesome stuff with these great retro throwback Winnipeg uh, icons uh, and designs. Yeah. Uh, I love their stuff. Great people. I have a couple of these t-shirts already. You got one coming, Zach. Uh, oh, yeah. They are soft and high quality. They wash really well. So check them out, maroonsroadapparel.com. We got a link uh, in our video description below. I love this one too at the old oh, Winnipeg Stadium. Yeah, I'd almost, that's a toss up for me, that biplane versus that one. Yeah. 
because that one's growing on me every time you show it there and it's like woo, that's pretty sweet with the pac-man and i have good memories there and bad well, ones too but anyway no, like if, if you if you like them both, maybe you should buy them both. You can get different colors as well that, you know, if you don't True. want two blues. This one's a cool one, actually. How about that? It is the combo on Maroons Road yeah. right across yeah. the street from one another. The Winnipeg Arena and the Winnipeg Stadium, uh, Canadians uh, and the old barn. Uh, awesome to see. And how about waiters in the live chat here, Zach? He's mentioning that uh, currently wearing his Maroons Road Winnipeg Stadium shirt, bought it, and the Winnipeg Arena shirts on the weekend. A little Father's Day present uh, for himself, possibly. Nice. Uh, nice. But, uh, thanks for uh, supporting those who support us here uh, on Bonfire Sports. Um, okay, Zach, let's now get into topic du jour, of course, and the Winnipeg Blue Bombers at 2-0 and uh, and... I would say a more comfortable win in week two than maybe how things went in week one. That all said, it wasn't entirely rosy the whole way. They scored 19 points in each of these two games against the Ottawa Red Blacks. I'll start with the question that I posed on our YouTube thumbnail. Are the Blue Bombers for real? Are they a powerhouse team that those here in Winnipeg have come to expect of a Mike O'Shea football club. I don't know. Oh, okay. <laughs> I don't know because gosh, you look at two and oh, and you think, okay, two and oh is great, especially in a back to back, you beat a good team. And, and I think we all can agree that Ottawa is probably a good team. You know, we've only seen them play Winnipeg, right? But, even if you're playing a mediocre team to throw for over 700 yards in two games with around a 70% completion percentage with Jeremiah Masoli, Jeremiah Masoli is hot. I don't care who he's playing. I don't care if he's playing the 2014 or 2015 Winnipeg blue bomber defense. He is hot. And, and, and so maybe the 2011 blue bomber defense. Yeah, well, if he did, if he did that against the there's 2011 your, Blue Bomber defense, there's your yin and yang, right? <laughs> there's Hall of Fame, right? But so on the one hand, I'm saying yes, they're for real because Ottawa seems like a good team, and they Ottawa scored one touchdown against the Bombers in two games, and yep. in two games in the fourth quarters, they have six combined points, and and don't forget, folks, that that at the three minute warning, that clock stops, right? Bombers, the Bombers have been the Bombers. They may be a little bit more Ben than we'd like. And O'Shea, I heard him say this week, he he doesn't like Ben, but don't break it. He said the, te the, the team hates it even more. They want to smash you. That, those were his words. Yeah. But I think on the one hand, yes, they've beaten a good team back to back who they had no film on. They were gritty. They were full measure. I know Dave, and we can talk about this. Dave Naylor thinks that Ottawa deserved to win and should have won that second game as well. We can debate that. But I guess the thing I'm wondering is when I look at league-wide stats, which which I get courtesy of my friend Darren Bombing here, <laughs> the offensive category numbers for the Bombers, and I know they've only played one defense, and who knows, Darren, maybe after 21 weeks, we'll, we'll find out that that Ottawa defense just stacked up well against the Winnipeg offense. We don't know. But as we're looking now... The Bombers' offensive numbers after two weeks aren't the greatest. 
and, and they do need to turn around. They have the lowest total plays from scrimmage of the teams that have played two games. You know, that's 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 not great. They're, that means they're not getting a lot of longer drives going. Would, would that be fair? Yeah, I mean, yes and no. And I'll tell you why. All right. Shoot. In my opinion, to answer the question of the day, are the Blue Bombers for real? Are they legit? Are they contenders? Are they as strong as they were last year? Well, to answer that last question, we don't know. We don't know. But are they contenders and are they a very, very good football team? No doubt in my mind for a split second. Okay. They're without their starting safety. They've got new pieces in the receiving court, new pieces on the offensive line. Well, one in particular missing drew Desjardins. Like this is nothing. This is saying nothing about Jeff gray at left guard. Okay. Cause I know a lot is being said about Jeff gray right now. Mike O'Shea still says Jeff gray is an awesome football player and gets down the field and doesn't. Okay. Young players make mistakes. Yep. There's there's not being a good football player and like you have a problem versus a guy like Jeff Gray who is still doing a pretty good job. Has he had blows? Absolutely. But Drew Desjardins and uh, Stanley Bryant on the left side of the Blue Bombers offensive line, like we have to remember that was an absolute wall in 2021. Impenetrable. It imposed crazy... Um, just fear and anxiety in defenses because if Winnipeg wanted to run the ball to the left side or protect Zach Kolaris from the left side of the pass rush, there's not much other teams could do. It was that good. So is it as good as last year? No. Is Winnipeg as good as last year? I don't know. We don't know. But to touch on what, what you talked about, Zach, is it fair in a picture this big, they've played one team, one team. And you don't want to go. And, and like you and I talked, touched on this earlier. I, I shared it on shows in the past. Um, the blue bombers are playing the same opponent twice to start the season. Do you really want to give like everybody has their base offense and their base defense. Do you really want to give eight quarters of film of you, like, let's say I'm the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Do I want to give the rest of the league eight That's quarters fair. of film I know you said of that. trying all these different things and trying this and that? And, oh, we're going to try this package. We're going to try that package. And suddenly all your cards are on the table and everybody knows what you're capable of or the things that you've been cooking up all winter. I think that would be stupid to do. So, so am you're... I overly concerned about the Bombers offense? No. Okay. I will say this. I will say this. Was a practice yesterday and spoke to Zach Kolaris amongst others. Uh, and you can check that out on our Instagram page. I think I put some up on Twitter as well, but go to our Instagram bonfire dot sports. Uh, I think uh, our Tiadric Hansen or T3, as I like to call him, because he is <laughs> built like a machine. Um, he uh, uh, his comments are uh, up on our Instagram exclusively. Uh, so head over there, bonfire dot sports. Um, Talking to Zach Kolaris, like this is just my gut, okay? This is just my gut and and feeling, my feeling in, in talking with him and, and other people on the team. Zach Kolaris, to me, seems kind of ticked off right now. 
He's not happy. Who would be happy scoring 19 points in two straight games when you know you're capable of so much more? I can just, just, there is no settle in the mentality of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. And who better to set that tone than the starting quarterback, than the league MOP, right? Yeah. Zach Kolaris is ticked off. And I think that is indicative of what the Blue Bombers expect of themselves a lot better than they have played systemically and, and, and game plan and, and trickery and, and different systems and different, you know, things you can throw at an opponent. That's one thing. The other is playing fundamental football in your base offense. You know, trying a thing here or there, but nothing crazy and executing it. Winnipeg knows it can win against a team that's still learning to win in Ottawa. Are they a better team than last year? Absolutely. That's clear as day. Jeremiah Masoli alone. But I think Winnipeg needs to play better and they know they need to play better. But that's different than saying they're a team that isn't as good as last year or isn't a true powerhouse or a contender. Like it's weak to take a breath. Let them play another team other than Ottawa before you start making like, oh, they can't run the football. Oh, the, you know, the, the O-line's uh, making mistakes. Oh, the, you know, the corner, Winston Rose is getting beat. Well, Winston Rose has essentially covered one guy for, for three weeks of, of calendar time in two games, right? He's covered Jalen well, Acklin. Don't forget so, that uh, first preseason game where he got burned one-on-one by Caleb Hawley, just saying. But yes, so, he's he's yeah. he's covered one guy. Uh, I know you're you're asking me to take a deep breath, and <laughs> I am. I it, it's not it's not that I don't think they're for real per se. I just I don't. I need to see another game. I need to I need to see them play another opponent because the offense. I'll throw another one at you. They have a wait, good. Wait, hang on, hang on a second. I want to mention this what, here. What, what? Tyler Fabry is watching live on YouTube. Oh yeah, he played beside Jeff Gray at the University of Manitoba. And Tyler says he'll be just fine. Yes, he took two bad holding penalties. It happens. He played great in the second half. There is a voice of reason from a guy who probably knows. Thanks, Tyler. Appreciate that. And and what's up, uh, Ashley and Nick and and some of my close friends? What's going on out there? Good to see you guys uh, in the live chat. Everybody who's watching live on YouTube and Facebook, what's going on? I that is that's great. Thank you, Tyler. No, that's good. I love being in. in, I like being interrupted if it's something good. You like I being interrupted. Like being interrupted if it's something but I don't care actually. And <laughs> your in wife, culture, we your wife must be in heaven if you like being interrupted. <laughs> oh, <laughs> it's true. I, I've just learned helplessness now. It's just like, yeah, okay, like yeah. just don't even bother. Um, yeah, what was I going to say? Okay, so the the thing that does concern me, and maybe and maybe concerned isn't the best word, but the thing that I'm really watching for with this offense is time of possession and average gain on first down. They're okay. lowest in the league in time of possession, I think, except for Edmonton, which isn't saying much, okay? And the average, like, I remember Lapo used to talk about this. The strength of an offense is often predicted on their on their gain on first down. And I saw a lot of Winnipeg first downs, you know, getting two, three, four yards. If you're getting five or more, I think the the stats tell you that that your you know your your whole playbook opens up on second and short, second and four, second and threes. You can run the ball, you can screen it, you can go, you can throw it long, you know, whatever it is. 
So I just, I want to see them improve. This is what I'm looking for. So I don't know if they're for real. I think they're, mm-hmm. and if you, and, and how are we qualifying for real? Are we saying for real, they're going to be first in the West and contend for a gray cup? I'm not quite there yet. I, I'm, I'm, I wouldn't be surprised if they are. I just need to see more games. And, and I guess the offense, uh, I just need to see the offense put together longer drives. I need to get, see them put up more points there and do, do, do a little bit better on first down. That's all I'm saying. I, I like that you brought up the time of possession because I think that's a number that is maybe, uh, it has a big asterisk next to it. Okay. When it comes to Winnipeg. The reason I say that, like it, it's valid because they haven't been on the field much. It's right there in the numbers. But why? Well, they either put together seven, eight, nine play drives, or they've been going two and out. Like, I don't remember Winnipeg picking up a first down and then punting a couple plays later. Like, that doesn't, that hasn't happened against Ottawa. It was in week one, it was two and out, two and out, two and out. Like, they had four or five, five or six in the middle of that game. And, And that's why I asked Mike O'Shea about the flow, and there was none because they just couldn't get anything going. Uh, they ended up, you know, being able to get things going late and, and win that game. Uh, it wasn't yeah. exactly the same in week two in Ottawa. It was a little bit more, you know, sputter, sputter, and, and then uh, a little punch and then sputter, sputter. The reason that number is low is because they don't have those four, five, six yard drive or four, five, six play drives. They generally go th- two or three plays and punt or they're moving down the field. So the numbers, again, that, that's one I don't look too much into um, early in a season, especially when they played one opponent. Like, it's it's weird scheduling. It, it kind of stinks for the most part. But that said, uh, I think you can look at the Winnipeg Blue Bombers and understand, I think this may be a good time to, to talk about injuries, understand they are missing some people, right? Yeah. Like, Brandon Alexander completely changes the blue bombers defense right and you know malcolm thompson has played well is he brandon alexander probably not so could they be better there yeah absolutely um you know they were without jackson jeffcoat in week one now he's back a lot of people asking about injuries uh the ones that are most glaring right now is michael couture at Mm -hmm. center who left last game. He was spotted with his arm in a sling. I didn't see it, but a colleague of mine did at practice on Monday. Um, I can't imagine him being good to go. If he's got an arm in a sling on a Monday, like, yeah, it could be preventative, similar to Winston Rose with the walking boot a couple weeks ago. But I'm I'm, I'm a little bit unsure about Michael Couture. Chris Kolinkowski stepped in, Zach. I thought he did phenomenal. Yeah, we talked like, he did a great that, job. Right? Yeah. Uh, and then Jamarcus Hardrick mispracticed today. It's listed as a knee injury. I think that's a vet day. Winston Rose officially listed as a non-participant today, but he did actually practice in part and then took off kind of the latter stages. Uh, I wasn't at practice today, but, uh, you know, colleagues there uh, letting me know what was going down. Um, I think Winston Rose is going to be okay, but it's allowing Demario Houston, a player who was on Winnipeg's practice roster last season. And if you recall, there was that shooting in his hometown where his daughter caught a bullet in a stray shooting in their home, which was not the target of the shooting. It was a crazy story. Um, check that out on the free press and the sun if you haven't read it, but she was okay. And, and all things were good. And they actually came to Canada soon after that. 
which I'm sure put uh, Demurio Houston at ease. But I was told last week I said I digress too much, so I won't say it this time. <laughs> Who would say <laughs> such a thing? Oh, my buddy Jesse Peters, he was saying, like, he's like, I'm gardening, I'm listening to the podcast. And he's like, your word of the day, I digress. I will move on and, and say, you know Demario, what? <laughs> what? Well, you know what? Don't say you've digressed. People don't necessarily catch on that you've digressed. And you haven't necessarily digressed. I mean, what well, is now it? Now you're talking college. You're talking college words now. What really are you on the same topic? Like, I could tell if you're talking about um demario houston and then you're talking about apollo 13 and houston we have a problem and then you're talking about <laughs> sure east cowboys well, no, I'm, like, I'm, I'm talking about a, a personal you know tragedy that's that, not that a digression family, i right? give yourself some credit my friend you're not a digressor and i don't even know what that's a word Di- it, digressor digressor an we'll er and oh we'll talk about that on our, our personal podcast or uh, Friday, Friday morning, okay. 6 a.m. What uh, do you think of Houston? Because I, I noticed he got burned a couple times last year, but it's his first year. I noticed he was returning kicks. So uh, what do you think if Houston has to go in and do you think Rose plays? I think Rose will dress. I think he will play. We don't know. We'll, we'll have to wait until Thursday morning uh, when the roster comes out. But even then, they'll dress Demario Houston. They always dress one backup defensive back at least. I think he would be fine. What what tells me is that if Winston Rose is out or they want to make a change there, we know that the Blue Bombers defense and, and how they employ it, it's about versatility and it's about moving pieces. If you can play halfback, you can play safety, you can play corner, you can move to the other side of the field if you're on the boundary or on the field or all that you know, technical mumbo jumbo, right? Um, I, if they really wanted to make a move, I don't know if you would put a practice roster, second year player practice roster in his first year and, and essentially a new pro in Demario Houston at the boundary corner against a team that has an, a, a guy that just threw for four over 400 yards and a receiver that just had 140. I think you put Taekwon glass at boundary corner and you maybe put the young guy on the field side where generally your number two corner goes. Um, I don't think that it would be a hard switch for Taekwon glass or Demario Houston or whomever. That's why I think it's, it's still Winston Rose's job. Like if you have a bad game, you have two bad games. It's early in the year. You're aggressive. He was admittedly aggressive in week one. I'm sure he would have admitted it again in week two. Um, that's how he plays. So is it the safety help? Is it, um, you know, the way teams are now attacking Winston Rose differently and Winnipeg and Winston need to make adjustments? I I think that's the most likely thing. Um, But I I don't see Winnipeg being trigger happy and saying, we got to make a change. We got to take out, uh, you know, a perennial all-star and a guy who was in the NFL a matter of months ago, right? So that's my take on that. Yeah, and I think I, he and I, I think he's and I think he's healthy enough. I think it's just taking it easy on the foot, right? He's yeah. played in two games after walking in a walking boot, so he's got a little bit of strain or pain or discomfort, whatever. I think he's fine. He's fine enough to play. And I don't and and sorry, I don't also don't think because some people have, have proposed this sack. I don't think the injury is affecting his play. Yeah, lots of people have asked that. Yeah, yeah. I just noticed we have Scott Billick uh, on this chat here, Darren. Did you oh, see that? 
Oh, he Pretty says, impressive. I am Scott Billick. Uh, the Bombers cannot be beat. I read Scott Billick a lot. Pretty much everything. I don't know if that's his language. That might not be Scott Billick. Could be Tech someone Billick, named Scott Billick. Billick. Could be someone named Scott Billick. But he's saying, yeah, I am Scott Billick. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, fake Scott. He jumps in there. Well, hey, fake Scott. Thanks for joining us in the live chat. Everybody out there. Thanks for joining us live on YouTube and Facebook. Shout out to everybody uh, who is like Brandon. Good to see you back. Scott Roger, Rifle Up, uh, Luke Irwin, uh, Matt Haynes, CJ uh, is back again. Uh, Andre Waiters, everybody, uh, Ashley and Nick and, and Andrea, all of our favorites, Tyler and Booch. Shout out everybody. Thanks for supporting us here on Bonfire Sports. Go down below right now. Like get on a full screen. I know you're in full screen because you want to see the beauty that is Zach Schnitzer and Darren bombing side by side on a Tuesday night, <laughs> but get out of full screen, hit a like, give that thumbs up on YouTube. Give that like. If you're watching on Facebook, if you haven't yet, all of you out there subscribe and ring the bell and then you'll know when we're live. Or if you're listening to this on podcast, which by the way, Zach numbers have been skyrocketing in our audio listenership. We're getting like a hundred downloads a day and we're not even doing a new show every day. So what does that tell wow. you? Uh, people are loving what we're putting together here and we're loving putting it together for you. So thanks everybody uh, for the support. Um, are, are you worried about the Blue Bombers offensive line? Are you worried about the run game? Do they need to give no. Johnny no. Augustine the ball more? This is, and by the way, David Asplund's saying these hats are beautiful. Everyone's saying these <laughs> hats are beautiful. Darren, I think you have to do a giveaway with a hat. I, pe uh, people have been asking if they're for sale yeah, and that sort of thing. I got yeah. like, like a handful made up kind of impromptu. They turned out nice. So maybe I'll have to get some together. And, and, uh, I know Walby has one. He wants another one now figures yeah. the way he yeah, is, but, uh, you know, he's, he's, he's greedy, but, uh, and, and be sure to check, uh, Chris Walby and myself out. We're going live right after Winnipeg sports talk on Thursday at three o'clock. That's the day before the game. That's when we're going to do game day, Winnipeg and our pregame show uh, every, um, uh, every uh, week, of course. But yeah, maybe, yeah. maybe we'll get some gear made up. I'm, I'm really just trying to get the business going here and, and we'll, uh, I hear we'll, you. You we'll, got we'll a lot we'll going on brother. We'll get the gear soon. I promise everybody, but Johnny so Augustine, you need the ball more. Uh, so this is fascinating. This is the big question. I had a buddy text me, Sean saying, uh, they need to give Augustine the ball. They need, and, and I've heard this all over the forums. I've seen it everywhere. They need to give Augustine the ball. I don't know yet. I, 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 I think it's kind of the eye test thing. I don't know that their stats are all that different at this point. I know well, Augustine had a bigger average last game. Both games both struggled in, 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 in game one. I think, I think we're sort of, it's, it's kind of like a, we don't know if Augustine can run the ball that well. Like like in the second game, he ran the ball a little bit better than than Oliveira. But as they talked about on your interview with them, which you guys should all listen to, by the way, um, Augustine and Oliver. I just wonder if they complement each other. I, I and but then you I wonder think, if they do. I wonder if they complement each other, and each makes the other so successful because it's a thunder and lightning. Which, by the way, they self referenced in your video. I did. However, <laughs> however, because you know what I mean, Darren, because like one, one is a power back Oliveira. The other one is a shifty slasher burner. As Oliveira himself said, if Augustine makes one guy miss, he can be gone. Like he can be a home run hitter. 
So, so I don't know if to what extent they complement each other and then throws the defense off so they both can be successful. But then I think again about 2019 when Augustine stepped in for Andrew Harris and he he put up amazing numbers. So there is a part of me that still wants to see Augustine get more touches. I will say that. I, I am fascinated to see what they do. Uh, do I think that Augustine needs to be the starter right now? I'm not there yet. W- where are you at? I think they could be more balanced in, in the workload. I, I, you know, from what I saw in the 12 on 12 reps uh, in practice yesterday, a little bit more Johnny involved uh, in, in those early reps. Uh, sometimes I would say often that is indicative of, of what you see as far as workload in the game. Um, but here's the thing. This, this is something I read in Ed Tate's piece on bluebombers.com. Sure, Brady had 14 carries and, and Johnny had seven. So it's a two-to-one workload, okay? Brady had 48 yards and Johnny had 43. So about the same production in twice the amount of work for Brady Oliveira. So he averaged 3.4 yards per carry, Johnny 6.1, right? Two-to-one. Maybe you need to balance it out a little bit. Maybe Johnny Augustine's uh, average comes down with more work. We don't know. I don't even think the Blue Bombers know because you don't know until you employ it in a game. Maybe more of a 50-50 balance. But what stood out to me in in Ed Ed Tate's piece was that 21 carries for 91 yards. It's not the greatest day at the ballpark, but it's pretty good. And again, we've only seen this rushing duo in a real game against the Ottawa Red Blacks. You know, they've, they've got a different opponent this week and, and one that has Micah Johnson at defensive tackle. They don't have Jagir Davis anymore, but they do have some very, very good players back there. You know, Simone Lawrence and uh, uh, our old pal here in Winnipeg, Javan Santos Knox, uh, Manning, the linebacking core. They're going to be involved in the run defense big time. Winnipeg has it in tough. We need to see uh, Jeff Gray be more disciplined, not take those holding penalties. Of course, Uh, he hasn't been a full-time starter before, so I expect him to be better every game. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. And then, of course, Chris Kolonkowski at center. So um, with those changes and those things being different from the, um, you know, dominant offensive line the Blue Bombers have had over the last couple years, more for Jamarcus Hardrick, more for Pat Newfeld, more for Stanley Bryant to pick up, uh, you know, the pick up the the slack that that's maybe left there with some changes. So you're saying you're wondering if Augustine gets less touches, does he potentially have an high to have a higher average? Does Augustine have the potential to have a higher average? Yeah, well, he I does have. I heard you say, no, he does. But you're saying, do oh, uh, if you get like, like, look, he had seven carries last week, is what I'm saying. Right. Okay. It's a lot easier to have a good average with with just seven carries, and then in week one, he had um, he had three carries, so he's had right. ten carries on the year. Right. It's not a lot. Let's see a little bit more. Whether well, whether okay. they decide to do that or not, I don't know. But let's see a little bit more of Johnny Augustine. Is what well, I'm saying. Let me ask. Fans want to see it too. Let me ask you this. I'm just going to I'm going to play a theoretical. Cuz mm-hmm. a lot of people are wanting Augustine 
to 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 get the to get the lion's share of the carries. I'm hearing that everywhere, and there's a reason for that. You know, we have smart fans. We see the production. We well, yeah, see Ryan. The- Ryan's mentioning what you and I talked about earlier, right? Two games, hard to judge. Let's say, let's assume that Augustine should get them. Then, then if we give the Bombers the benefit of the doubt, why does Oliveira still keep getting the carries? If we, he's because he's number one running back. That's but why. why? So, what is your understanding of, or anybody's understanding of, if we're all seeing something on the field and the numbers are bearing it out? Why is Oliveira the star? Well, it's just a. It's just a. You, a you say you say the numbers are bearing it out. The numbers are telling the story, right? In two games against the same team. If like nobody knows what Brady Oliveira and Johnny Augustine have as individual runners better than the blue bombers. Nobody knows. They know better than the opponent. They know better than two games against one team in the first two weeks of a a 18 game season. They it's clear as day. They will say it is a backfield by committee and it is, but Brady's number one right now. Will that be forever? No, I don't think so. It it could be, but I think they're going to spell one another. That doesn't mean, you know, spelling somebody is to me anyway, like, I don't know. You could look up the, the textbook definition, but spelling to me is jumping in and giving them some relief and then letting them come back in. Right. Like the opposite of baseball where you replace him and he's done for the night at pitcher. Right. I think that's what they will do. Um, I think Mike O'Shea and, and Buck Pierce like the hot hand sort of uh, mentality in that once they get a guy going, you keep them going. And I think right. that's why Johnny Augustine maybe hasn't had more opportunity not because Brady has been going well, but because they're trying to get him going well. It's right. early in the year. They believe in him. They think he can be the guy. It doesn't preclude Johnny from touches or involvement in the offense, but I think it's Brady's job to do the heavy lifting and for Johnny to spell him and be that change of pace. If, if you want a change of pace, Zach, you have to set a pace. Well, the pace is Brady Oliveira. Johnny can change it from time to time, spelling him. That's my take. I hear you. I and and obviously you uh, you would imagine we need to trust the coaches with what they put together the past two years, right? We they they must know what they're doing. I can just imagine some people, and I have had this fleeting thought: Are they giving Brady Oliveira the job because he's the hometown boy? Mm-hmm. And I see I see Brandon on the chat saying the same thing. It just, it's just a fleeting thought and, and really smart people can make decisions that aren't the greatest based on some things, even if they don't know it. It's just, it's just a question, a niggling question I have in the back of my head. A what, a what question? Niggling question. Like (laughs) it's kind of like that worm in the back of your, never heard that word? No, I haven't. (laughs) It could also be a nagging question. Sure. I like that niggling, like wiggling yeah. with an N. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Well, th- this is an interesting comment from the Unforgiven, and I think he probably reflect he or she uh, reflects uh, the 
the comments of many Blue Bomber fans out there. Last year, Augustine played way more than two games and had the same high average yards per carry that he has this season. He averaged seven yards per carry last year. Brady had less than four. Um, my answer to that is true. But like I said, Brady's been getting more work than Johnny. It's, you know, fresh legs. It's change of pace. Like, there's a reason he has that high average. Is it getting to a point where maybe you need to give Brady, uh, Johnny Augustine more work? Yes. That's what I'm saying. But it's still Brady's number one job. So maybe not two to one, maybe a little bit more of a shared backfield. Um, yeah. But like it's it, it's what I think would work, what what I Darren Bombing thinks would work, or what I would do. But I'm also balancing what the Blue Bombers are doing and want to do, right? So and that's why my argument kind of like plays both sides because like, do we need more Johnny? Yes. Does he deserve it? I think so. Does Winnipeg think they want more Johnny Augustine? We'll see. Yeah. I think it's getting to a point where they, they probably should. Well, and, and I think if they keep winning and they keep playing both of them, Darren, then there's no reason mm-hmm. not to play both of them as much as fans want to see more Johnny Augustine. And I guess the other thing I think about, and this is one of my one of my favorite Mike O'Shea-isms, and he gets asked this on the coaches show and he gets asked this in the scrum, you know, what what, what are you going to do next week? You know, uh, they, they, someone's got the hot hand. Uh, are you going to keep throwing the ball? And and Mike O'Shea always says, and I'm paraphrasing, it's we are going to do whatever we need to do to win the next game based on our opponent. He says it better than I do. But I think what he means by that is if he's playing Hamilton and on film study, Darren, they see that Hamilton is not great at, at loading the box or they don't cover the gaps, the A and B gaps, then you might see more Brady Oliveira. If mm-hmm. he sees a team where you can block up the edges and get Johnny Augustine slashing to the outside for 50 yards, then that's what they're going to do. And that's what I love about the Bombers is that they're going to tailor what they do and Buck Pierce will tailor what they do yeah. to, to beat the opponent that week. Yeah, get to 1-0 every week, right? Exactly. And it, you can't say it doesn't work. So the, the question I have is, where are the tie? Like, we can get the, into this in our in our preview. But I do want to say one more thing as we talk about just the Bombers right now before we get into a preview, Darren, is I think we have, and, and I'm not saying you wouldn't have mentioned it, but I think I just can't wait to mention it, is Theadric Hansen is coming home, buddy. Yes. I T3, Theadric Hansen. Yeah. T3. Yeah. I like, like not, T3. not a Tylenol with not a Tylenol with codeine, but like the Terminator. Uh built like a machine. Ooh. Like, okay, this is something a lot of people don't know. It's Tiadric Hansen, not Theadric, despite the TH. So everybody around the clubhouse calls him T. And he wears uh-huh. number three. So that's why I call him T3. And he and he looks like it too. Like I love the comment Mike O'Shea had to Paul Friesen and, you know, uh, Ryan Friesen, Paul's son, um, who's commenting in this today. I, I don't believe Paul Friesen of the Winnipeg Sun has a son. So I guess there's two Paul Friesens uh, here in Southern Manitoba. But uh, uh, anyway, um, I love what Mike O'Shea said to um, Paul Friesen yesterday. And it was uh, like, 
how long will it take him to get into game shape? And you know, you know, how is his fitness and that? And then you see the guy like, it's unbelievable. Like he looks like he's chiseled out of marble (laughs) and that's how he shows up, you know? And then he, you know, like he shared with me on, on our Instagram and by the way, or James West, wild James West, H O F James West, 58, just followed bonfire sports on IG. So you should too. While James West is there, get in there, uh, bonfire.sports on IG. That's um, awesome. That is cool. Uh, what's up, James? If, if you're watching out there, uh, you are you were one of my favorites growing up. Uh, no, no doubt about that. Um, but the way Mike O'Shea answered the question about his fitness level and when he'll be ready to go was, well, he ain't going to look like me and you when he's our age. Like, he is an unbelievable like he's got genetics that are off the charts yeah. and to hear Tiadric hansen mention on our instagram zach uh that he arrived from overseas at one in the morning went to bed woke up at four so he slept for three hours and then he was like jumping at it and and you know <laughs> champing at the bit to get in the clubhouse and then get things going. Like he's been waiting to get back to playing football. And, you know, I I don't think you and I will spend today talking about the global salary cap and and all of that. I do have this scoop though. Teadric Hansen will make uh, the league minimum or or the the global minimum, which is in the 50 something $53,000 range, I think. But here, here's the, the scoop I got for everyone out there. Theodric Hansen signed a two-year contract with the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Next year, he will make $110,000 more, uh, much more than double his current salary. So I think that's deserved. I love to hear that. Um, And uh, I've got that on good authority. So I'm I'm comfortable reporting that. Uh, That's a nice number for a player that is a deadly man on special teams uh versatile to play inside and outside on the defensive line could probably even drop back to to weak side or or middle linebacker in a pinch um you're right brandon saying uh he deserves it uh no doubt especially after making uh, the global minimum uh, these last couple years but good to see t3 back when you said t3 i thought he hits people so hard they need a t3 oh i like that too nice I they might know. they might need more than a T3. They might need a Percocet or something. Because <laughs> no one no one in Bomberland will ever forget that hit oh. he put on Mike Daly and Frankie Williams in the 2019 Great Cup. Yes. Oh my God, I I love Tiadric Hansen. I'm thrilled he's back. I I I love too what he was doing to help refugees in, in Ukraine. I mean, he's a good. Oh, and you dude. could you could see his emotion speaking about yeah. it yesterday. Like is he right? is a. Oh man, he is a genuine dude that cares, right? He's spending all that time, not even in his home country, but in Poland where he yeah. works and, and plays football uh, for the Roklaw Panthers, I believe it is. Yeah, um, it is. And, you know, he's at the border and he's trying to find them housing and feeding yeah. them. Like, what a dude, man. Good on him. And, and uh, you know, the reason one of these, like Scott Rogers says, good people rewarded. No doubt, Teadric Hansen is a good guy uh, getting his due uh, in year two of uh, his new contract with the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. So that'll be for 2023. Um, I think that's a nice piece for the defense. I think fans yeah. are a little bit more concerned, Zach, about 
the defensive backfield. And we touched on Demary Houston and Winston Rose. Uh, Nick Taylor had an interception in week one. I think he's been very good. Um, but let's talk about Dietrich Nichols. I gave him my Wallabies Warrior. I can, of course resist. I can't resist. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm beyond impressed with Dietrich Nichols. That guy can ball. The play yeah. he made in the end zone last week, this past week, watching the eyes of the receiver and then punching his hand in to knock the ball away at the perfect time. He is so good. He plays so clean, you know, yeah. just beyond impressed. Uh, he's an absolute star in the Blue Bombers defensive backfield. He deserves to be mentioned along those best cover men in the Canadian Football League. Man, he's good and fun to watch. Well, and I'm actually, I'm actually doing, I am actually tweeting our friend Nick Kowalski right now. Okay. Because I want to know if Nick thinks Dietrich Nichols is the best DB. Because we know how Nick Kowalski loves his DBs and charting yep. DBs. I'd be curious to hear, not that I don't believe you, because I think you're, you're right. And I've heard it from around the league. Um, I'm curious to see what Nick thinks because he tracks these stats like you yep. wouldn't believe. Um, yeah, the guy is a tarp. I think you I like the <laughs> touch he has, the 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 speed, the body control, the wherewithal. Yeah, he's just he is fun to watch. He is he fun is. to watch. But let, let, if I don't, if you if you don't mind, let me uh, let me pull it back to Tiadric Hansen here. Sure. Yeah, because the it's not like it's a ratio thing. It, it, it's he's a global, and they need to have two globals. Fair enough, but the fact that they bring him in for two years, and and you can tell based on the article that they'd been working on this contract for a while. What does what does Tiadric Hansen bring that is so valuable? It's off the top of my head. It's that rotation on the D-line, Darren, that Richie Hall just absolutely loves where you have fresh guys. And you had Teadric Hansen from year one to year two. Year one, I think he had one sack. Year two, 2021, he had three sacks. He had a few tackles in there. He's a beast on special teams. I just think, uh, I'd like to hear your thoughts, but I think he just gives your defense another dimension. Well, we, we talked about change of pace when it comes to the running game right yeah. like on offense change of pace on defense is, is just as valuable and just as important when you have arguably the best duo of defensive ends in the league and probably maybe even the two best defensive ends in the league Jagger Davis AC Leonard you know there there's some there's some dudes out there but when you have that duo as your starting pair you can take one out and give them a rest and bring in someone like Teadric Hansen that has a very different physical makeup and a different skill set and a different way of attacking. Uh, you know, if you're a tackle or a guard and you have to deal with Willie Jefferson all game and then Teadric Hansen comes in and punches you in the mouth, like, look out. That's, that's tough. Um, he's just a good, solid football player. And you hear Michael Shea talk about him. He is an outstanding teammate and person. Um, I think that also adds to it, right? Like diversity is strength, right? We all know this. It's literally Darwinism, 
it is. If you have if nice. you have someone if you cap. have someone like <laughs> if you have someone like <laughs> Theodric Hansen that is a different personality and a different voice and a different accent and yep. a different physical makeup and a different uh, you know that these you know he's got a unique sense of humor. I'm told. Uh, I think that yeah. adds to it all, yeah. right? You don't just have a bunch of American dudes, a bunch of Canadian dudes, U sports guys, NCAA guys, guys that were in the NFL, CFL vets, whatever. Now you got a global who's the best global in the league. Like, yo, T, let's go. Like, just having that personality. Now, the football teams yeah. I played on, like, that was the most fun I had was having those yeah. different personalities around you and you wanting to play for the quiet guy and for the rambunctious guy and for the loudmouth guy and for the jerk and for your best friend and the rest. Like, that's yeah. what it's about. Um, yeah. Th that's why I fell in love with the game of football because all week long, you battle your opponent which is the guy on the other side of the football if i play receiver i'm battling against the dbs and the linebackers all week long in practice and then on saturday when you play they're your boy they're your brother they're your teammate you go to battle with them and then you go have a burger and a beer afterwards and there's no better feeling 100%. and then tuesday you know monday or tuesday when you're back on the practice field you hate them again and you, you <laughs> razz them in the locker room and you give them grief that's the best part about it um i, I don't know if if Things are the same as they were 20 plus years ago when I played. But, um, you know, I think it's good having a different personality uh, and player, uh, a very good yeah. player, albeit in Teatric Hansen. That's a those are great points, Darren. And we know how important that uh, locker room culture is to the Bombers. So I don't think that goes unnoticed. I think we got to hit Shy Ross because everybody's yep. asking. And my buddy Kevin just texted me, are they going to get Shy Ross? He's a hometown boy. He's an athletic freak. First of all, I know we got to get to our um, hotline stuff. We got to get to our game preview. Um, but is Shy Ross a guy that intrigues you? And you're, are you surprised he gets cut? Uh, I'm never surprised by anything in pro football. I mean, uh, Chris Jones is trying to put his stamp on this franchise. Shy Ross was there last year and the year before, right? He's yeah. a Canadian. He's a receiver. Uh, I don't know how Chris Jones wants to work his offense with the ratio. Yeah. Ultimately he's decided to move on from Shy Ross. For those out there that aren't familiar with Shy Ross, he is a, uh, I think he's from just outside of Winnipeg. Forgive me, but a Winnipegger, uh, in the end, uh, university of Manitoba product, a real speedster. Like that's what made him jump off the page through the combine process prior to the draft. Um, and you said it freakishly athletic. If you remember the viral videos, they were all over TSN and bar down and, and uh, bar stool and all these American outlets picked it up as well. He did the backflip. I think it was in front of Dakota collegiate or on the field behind Dakota collegiate did the backflip and dunked the Oreo cookie in the milk, like inverted in the air, which is crazy. Yeah, it was insane. So that was a couple years ago, right? He's just working out through the pandemic and the rest. Yeah. And what does he do this winter? He takes a barbell, like a two-hand barbell, big Olympic barbell. I don't know how much weight was on there, but it didn't look like, didn't look like a little bit, Zach. And he does a backflip with the barbell. Like... Maybe it's a magic trick. Maybe it's a, a you know, a, a quirk of physics. But for him to even try that and figure out how to do it and then do it, he he has athletic ability off the charts. Uh, yeah. Is Winnipeg interested in him? I don't know. Maybe, you know, we got 
you got to look at Nick Dembski. You got to look at Drew Olatarski. And then you got to look at somebody who I think has a ton of upside and waiting for his opportunity in Brendan O'Leary Orange, who yeah. you talk about pedigree and physical talent. You know, his dad played four years in the Canadian Football League. He's an excellent running back for the Toronto Argonauts. He, you know, his son, Brandon, he's big. He's strong. He played in the NCAA. He's got good hands. He made a catch in practice last season that I still remember and how the the whole field lit up. Um, They got three good players there. Do they need to add another one? I I mean, I don't think the door's closed on it, but I don't think they're also rushing out to get him either. No, and I know he, he, I don't think he plays special teams. So except for he does, uh, he does return on kick and punts. Um, So, and, and I think he's a pretty good kick and punt returner. But he, but he hasn't been used much in terms of the offense. I think he's been thrown to twice this year and zero yards. Uh, and then they release Kelvin McKnight. Yep. Uh, so maybe there's a spot, but maybe they release Kelvin McKnight to put Deadrick Hansen on the, the roster. I'm not sure. Right. Well, and you got to remember too that you have Joe Mancuso. I understand that Dakota right. Prukop is on the sixth game, but I'm watching Joe Mancuso work after practice with a center taking shotgun snaps taking uh under center snaps um you know throwing the football but also working on you know running it and and doing some different things uh in the short yardage game it was drew brown in week two zach running that short yardage package that wedge package that goal line package if you will um will it be drew brown in week three on friday will it be joe mancuso I think they're probably going to go to Mancuso at some point. It will be so. this week. It could very well be this week. Yeah. Now, Darren, Darren, you're jumping the gun because you're a very organized individual, which I appreciate because I sure? am not organized. Now, you're <laughs> jumping into a preview here, and I saw Bonfire Hotline on there. Am I to understand? Are you just teasing everyone, or are you uh, are you well, just wanting to to promote yeah. the hotline, or you want to throw one down on the hotline? Well, I need you to take your left hand and go like this. Left hand go like this. Yeah, hey, here it is. Bonfire hotline 204 816 tips 816 8477. Uh, I'll pull it up here and we'll see. Um, you know, uh, who was it? Uh, David shared a Drew Willie story essentially delivering a pizza to his house and and you know, giving him, you know, he tipped him well. Uh, and uh, you know, told him, uh, you know, you guys are gonna kill Sask, and it's like, yeah, you go, buddy, you know, enjoy your pizza. Uh, that's kind of a cool story. Um, you know, some people were essentially a lot of people asking the questions that we've touched on already, right? But I want to see some hot takes out there. 816 tips. It's just like texting your mama. That's what we put on the caption. So standard message rates apply. But if you've got a regular texting plan, it's not going to cost you any more. Text the hotline and give us your hot take. I want something hot enough to survive the bonfire we'll put it out there don't forget to leave your name and um yeah i want to see what people got out there well when you uh, operationalize that like what's a what's an example of like a steaming hot take oh well you're asking a reporter to be an edit you know uh, an editorial now um i don't know a steaming hot take could be like you know you you look at the the games this week okay so week three in the cfl the Alouettes are huge underdogs to the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. You could say, oh, no, sorry. No, that's, that's my mistake. Edmonton is a nine-point dog to the Calgary Stampeders. You could say week one was an anomaly, and week two they got lucky. 
Week three, Calgary loses at home to Edmonton because this. Mm. Like, James Wilder Jr. is going to run for 150 yards and Edmonton is going to beat him. Like, don't just give me a hot take because you think it's a hot take. Like, give me one that you believe in and tell me why you believe in it. All that's right. what will get, get you on bonfire. Yeah, and we still got to get those voicemails on because I know uh, Donnie Crook saying sign guy probably has 100 on there now. I want to I want to well, hear them. He's chirping you right now. Steaming hot take. Um, get your Grey Cup ticket. Oh, did I lose it? I, I know. I double clicked here. Yeah. Yeah. By the Andrea, way. Yeah, go let ahead. Let me just say for, for, for sign guy, <laughs> keep listening or keep reading his stuff on CFL News Hub. Uh, it's from a fan perspective. He's a fan like me, but but he's very he's very smart. He's a master heckler, and he's a great writer. And and his his stuff just keeps getting better and better. So he writes an article after every game. He previews the game. He's got about three articles a week, I think. Sign guy, uh, uh, tell us if that's true or not. I think it's three weeks. So awesome. So stuff. yeah, absolutely. Um, the more voices, the better, as they say. Uh, I love this one. Huge tongue in cheek. Brandon saying. Fire Richie Hall. <laughs> Remember those days? Holy cow. That was a long, long time ago. Barflies, uh, welcome back to the live chat, Barflies. Uh, one yeah, of our, where were uh, you, Barflies? What's your excuse, Dexter? Barflies? Uh, so Barflies was asking about our scheduling. I think in, in I might have mentioned this on a, a previous show, but Bonfire Midweek, Tuesdays, 7.30 Central Time, all season long. Game day Winnipeg with myself and Chris Walby the day before the game at about three o'clock. We're going to really try hard to stay on that schedule. Walby is tough to pin down. Ask anybody that played against him in his near two decades in the Canadian Football League in his Hall of Fame career. Uh, and then our post-game show shortly after every Blue Bombers game will be on closer to the final gun on the road. And then uh, about, what are we saying, an hour, an hour and a bit after the game. Uh, when they're playing at home. So like this week, so uh, an hour after the game, uh, check out uh, bonfire sports for game day after dark. It does get steamy. Um, one person asking who draws in for, Oh, sorry. Barflies. That's why I get, got to you in the first place. Uh, who draws in for Michael Couture. So if Couture can't go, looks like an upper body injury, or I think it is listed as uh, an arm injury. It will be Chris Kolinkowski. He was with the Blue Bombers last year. Uh, I'm told by a very, very embedded source that uh, Chris Kolinkowski has uh, purchased a residence here in Winnipeg. So he's comfortable in his job as being that Blue Bombers sixth offensive lineman. That's always a good thing when you are a practice roster yeah. guy or bouncing around a little bit. You're not sure you're on the bubble. You're a Canadian in the CFL and then you're comfortable enough buying a home. Congratulations. I think that's a great thing for, uh, for Chris Kolinkowski. He did a good job last week, Zach, uh, by yeah. all accounts. So uh, I think Winnipeg will be okay without their CFL PA 2021 all-star uh, Michael Couture at center. Oh, by the way, Michael Couture, your barber is asking where you're at. Maybe you're getting haircuts at the clubhouse, Ooh. but he's asking me. He's asking me, where are you, man? Uh, <laughs> now, uh, I, go I got to go ahead, <laughs> I, I ask um, two things. D David Asplund, uh, our good friend David Asplund is saying I should be on the cheer team. And I, I uh, rifles take. Oh, yeah. Prairie Football Conference. Rifle up, baby. Okay. okay love it. Uh, 
he's saying I should be on the cheer team. And actually, in my day, I was a folk dancer. And, and part of my folk dancing prowess was throwing smaller people in the air, uh, mostly women. So, hey, maybe I could. Maybe I could, David Asplund. Thank you. Everybody's asking about your Drew Willie story that David Asplund... I give... Oh, the, the one that David texted in, I mentioned about... Uh, oh, pardon me. Uh, Is that the pizza one? Yes. Oh, yeah, okay. Right. So someone just did. If now, you didn't hear that, it was the pizza story. We did yeah. share it. Okay. Now, now my Drew Willie story that I teased on on game day after dark, and and shout out uh, Don. I'll pull that up one more time. Uh, we love doing the post game show. It's getting huge response. People are loving it. So game day after dark. You don't if you don't want to miss. Uh, any of our content, any of our live content, you subscribe on YouTube and then you ring the bell. You hit that little bell button and you'll get an alert three times a week. That's it. But that's when we're live on the air. Uh, so you don't have to, um, uh, you know, do anything else, but just set up your alerts for YouTube uh, on your phone and you can uh, know when we're live. Um, all my, all my, my story about Drew Willie was, was when he came to Winnipeg, like I was told that year, the Blue Bombers targeted Zach Kolaris and he went from the Toronto Argonauts as a backup to becoming the Ticats starter, yeah. went on to near MOP, like should have won maybe that MOP. Uh, I think it was 2014. Uh, then they tried to sign Henry Burris. Well, he went to Ottawa and went on to a Grey Cup and, and uh, capping his illustrious career. Then they went to Drew Willie, who was the backup to Darian Durant in Saskatchewan. And the scouting report on Drew Willie was good arm, smart, processes quickly. But I was told one of his greatest strengths was you could be you could be a 350-pound defensive tackle and staring down the ear hole of Drew Willie's helmet, he would be laser-focused downfield. And that is a very, very difficult thing for quarterbacks to do very difficult. You feel that pressure. You feel that, that, that pocket collapsing around you to stay on your target, to stay processing information. That's what I was told was one of the, mm. one of the true strengths of Drew Willie. And we saw it in the early going, mm -hmm. but then we saw him get beat up and hit mm -hmm. and injured and, and hurt. And, you know, behind an offensive line that had a lot of holes in it, right. Yeah. Through those years. So Maybe he lost one of his greatest strengths and I, I don't put, you know, I don't put any blame on Drew Willie for that. It, it has to be tough when you're playing in front of that mid, uh, you know, early 2010s blue bombers yeah. offensive line, like 12, 13, 14, 15, even, even, you know, into to 20, well, 2015, they, they got Stanley Bryant, right. And, and things started to, to turn around a little bit, but those were some tough years. Um, that, that's all I had. It was nothing crazy about Drew Willie, right? No, that's um, an interesting anecdote though. Uh, scouting yeah. report. Yeah. Uh, I, and I said it last time too, you know, and I know we want to get to our game preview, but it, it, it my heart hurts for Drew Willie. I, I remember when he first started, I thought he had talent. I thought he had accuracy, decision-making. Maybe the knock on him is he was a bit slow getting the ball out, but that might have just because, been because he got gun-shy and he didn't get a fair shake. And that's tough. That's the tough business of football. Yeah. No, so it, let, it is. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so C. Walker and uh, Barfly is asking about Liam Dobson, the Blue Bombers 2021 top pick. Um, we, we talked about this a little bit on game day after dark, didn't we, Zach? 
Liam Dobson yep. uh, is obviously a very well respected and, and touted uh, prospect. And I, yep. I call him a prospect because he's never played pro football before. And like, yeah, he's Canadian, but he played for Maine and then he played for Texas state. So he has been playing American football at an elite level, like what he played in high school or not, whatever. I, I don't know, but it's been a while since he's played a yard off the ball. Well, the D line, a yard off the ball. Yeah. It's been a while since he's played 12 man. It's been a while since he's played, um, you know, with, with the different systems that are Canadian football. Um, will he be the extra O lineman? If Couture is out this week, probably. Um, but it could very well be an American as well. Yeah. Uh, it depends what, you know, they do with their designated imports and, and their ratio. And, and, you know, we don't need to get into, uh, all of that. Um, but you know, I, I just don't see them going to like, like, I don't see them looking at Liam Dobson as an option to replace somebody who's healthy because I think it's too early for him. It's just my take. Yeah. Yeah. I See, that, that, that'll be my, uh, Je my buddy, Jesse will be uh, calling me this week and saying, just my take. That's your word of, of, uh, episode five of where Hong are Kong we Hong without Hong. our buddies and our friends and siblings who, who give us the, the gears, buddy. I wouldn't be who I am without my brother giving me the gears. Oh my goodness. But be, be gentle with Darren. Okay. Jesse, be <laughs> gentle. He he's, uh, he's my brother. I don't, now, I don't so. need I don't, I don't need that from, uh, Jesse, you can, you can be tough on me, buddy. That's okay. <laughs> I know. That's okay I'm with just, me. <laughs> um, but yeah, Aaron you know, take it. You, well, sorry, what? I think I only caught Aaron, half of that. You can take it. You can take oh, it. Oh, I can you take gotta... it. Yeah. Okay. I thought you said something else. I'm, I'm not even going to touch that. <laughs> uh, so, uh, looking ahead to week three riders in Montreal to face the Alouettes tigers, tiger cats, bombers Friday night here in Winnipeg, seven 30 central kickoff. Don't miss the pregame with yours truly. And Chris Walby Thursday at three o'clock. We're going to do a raid or a live handoff from Winnipeg sports talk to game That's day. Awesome. Winnipeg I love that. I love that buddy. That's great. Thursday at three o'clock on your favorite bonfire channel. Edmonton in Calgary, nine point dogs in the Battle of Alberta. And then Argos looking for win number two in their second game of the season. Do you buy the BC Lions? They absolutely crushed the Edmonton Elks in week one. And then a buy after all that momentum. That was a great home opener for them and their new ownership and uh you know the the live shows beforehand and selling out the lower bowl opening up the upper deck and then crushing edmonton putting up yep. a 50 burger plus uh, on them i'm looking forward to this game against toronto i think it'll give them a little bit more competition than edmonton but how good do you think bc can be zach i i have no idea they have some great talent on defense they have some horses uh, that he can throw the ball to James Butler has to play play well in more than one game for me because last year I thought he got stuffed. Maybe that was scheme. I need to see more from Nathan Rourke. But Nathan, like I think people forget Nathan Rourke played for what, Ohio State? Like this is a guy who played for... No, uh, Ohio. University of Ohio. Yeah, the Bobcats. University of Ohio. I thought it was Ohio. Anyway, he, yeah. he but he was a Div 1 player, was he not? Oh, of course, yeah. Yeah, and a good one. Yeah, so he's highly touted, did one player. The guy's played in big games. Um, 
I hope so, especially unless they play us. I, I hope that they continue <laughs> that. Toronto's going to give them a tougher test. Uh, it, uh, that's a game. That's a game I'm interested in watching for sure. I think it would be a real good game. Uh, two good teams. Uh, Toronto, I think, wanting to show more than they did the first game. Interesting to see if Andrew Harris plays because that will be big. Like if Andrew Harris doesn't play, that's a big loss for the for that art. They put a lot into yeah. Andrew Harris because you saw yeah. DJ Foster move on. I think who's the backup? I forget his name. They have Ulet there. And yeah, Fo- Foster's gone. Foster's not. Foster's the team gone. Anymore. So I'm not sure who they have. Let me let me quickly. It starts with an A. I forget how to pronounce it, but uh, that's an interesting oh, game. Oh, uh, they got Adaboboye. That's the one. Yep. Yeah. He had three carries for 10 yards. So once Harris went down, he had 18 carries for 87 yards, averaging 4.8, like vintage. Yeah, vintage. And then he got hurt. I won't call that vintage, but, uh, you know, he he did miss a lot of time last year. He's 35. Um, You know, I think the error Toronto made, Zach, was going so heavy on Andrew Harris early. But I will caveat that mistake I am uh, accusing the Toronto Argonauts of by saying an important caveat. Andrew Harris pulls weight. And I'm talking like with what he tells the coaching staff. He pulls weight. Guy's been there. He's done that. He's got a a bunch of rings. He's got, you know, records galore. Like he's in the Hall of Fame. He's, He's the dude. So if Andrew Harris says, leave me in, what are you going to say? I'm good, coach. I'm good. Yeah. Early in that game, they spelled him with uh, Adeboye. Sorry, Adeboboye. I'll get that right. Um, and you could see they cut to Andrew Harris. You could see him kind of like waving, like, like, stay on, stay on. But that was just so he could catch his breath because he just had two big runs. Yeah. He came back. He kept running. He kept going hard. and it took the toll on him and uh, it's, it's apparently a hamstring injury. So we'll see, is he good to go this week? Some people are asking in the live chat. We don't know uh, with that game being um, that game being on Saturday. We won't know until Friday if he's on the roster on the injured list or or where he will be. Um, But Every week, I want to like have like a game of the week, Zach. Like looking ahead to the one game we're most excited to see what happens, the most excited to watch. Sask, Montreal, eh. Edmonton, Calgary, Battle of Alberta, but eh, nine point spread there going into it. Not too excited about that. I- I'm curious of what Bo Levi has in week three. Bombers, Tie Cats, whiteout game at IG Field, and the rest for sure, probably the game of the week, right? Great cup rematch. Yeah. But I'll give a one B yeah. to Argos Lions on yeah. Saturday. I'm going to be up late on Saturday night. So uh, <laughs> might, might, might be late for church. <laughs> well, the, the minister will forgive because yes. he I or she so. or they will be watching that game as well. It should be interesting that that one. I think I think you're saying one B because there's the most questions there. Right. Like how good are the Argos? How good are the Lions? I the intrigue. The yeah. intrigue. Mm-hmm. I think you look at Rough Riders Alouettes, it's probably the least interesting, except for the fact that the, the Rough Riders have caused have had 13 sacks in two games. The next closest team has four. And so if Well, they, they had they had 10 in week one. 
right? And, uh, yeah, they had a lot in week one. And if they can continue that against the Alouettes, who I think are probably fragile, uh, and they could go 0-3, especially with that owner spouting his mouth off. And Well, uh, we we have to remember the Rough Riders lost. Oh, man. The name is escaping me, but he broke his leg last week. Oh, boy. People are going to help me out here in the live chat. But okay. the Saskatchewan, like their most veteran offensive lineman, uh, went down to injury and it was it was a tough one i don't know why the oh, name is escaping me right now. oh yeah so um they, they've got some some chat dan, dan clark. clark thank you waiters appreciate you a lot brother oh really um, i missed that yeah he uh it looked like a broken leg um can't confirm that obviously but uh yeah tyler's right uh former offensive lineman himself dan clark injury will be a major factor like moro is a really good running back and uh, having someone who's dual threat like Cody Fajardo, that offense is going to be okay. But you lose someone like that would be like the Bombers losing a Stanley Bryant or losing a, a Patrick Newfeld. It's it's a yeah, big that's hit. Rough. Um, that's rough. Yeah, and uh, yeah. yeah, CJ's pointing out Clark at center, right? So uh, you know yeah. you lose your center, it can be tough. Uh, I don't know what their depth is like. I know in years past, Zach, um, from people I talked to, the knock on the Rough Riders was depth on the offensive line, like when. Brendan Labatt didn't want to play during the pandemic and he still doesn't want to play, hasn't officially retired, but doesn't want to play football. Uh, everybody's like, man, you know, they're thin. They're thin on the offensive line. Yeah. So now you lose Dan Clark. Um, that'll be a pretty interesting game too with with that loud ownership uh, in Montreal and it being a home game too, right? I love those Thursday night games, man. Like you don't have to wait yeah. all the way to the weekend. You only get yeah. through... You know, you only got to get through four days of the week and then you got a football game to look forward to. It's in the East, so it starts a little bit earlier. You don't have to stay up too yep. late. So that'll be fun. Uh, let's uh, let's let's just have a couple thoughts, Darren, on, on the game upcoming because I know you and Walby will hit it harder. And then we'll just give a brief update on our fantasy and pick em leagues and right. maybe put a bow on this one because Father Schnitzer's got to wake up and I don't know. Oh man, we've been going for 140 already, eh? How about that? That's, I didn't realize when, that. When you love do each you, other you, like we do, Darren, you just go and we love the people in the chat. Right. <laughs> just a loving. Uh, I think Winnipeg will win on Friday. I think Hamilton is going to put up a hellacious fight. Yeah, I agree. Uh, but Dane Evans leads the CFL in touchdowns with four. It's week two. Yeah, you know, I I bumped into Jason Vega actually, former Blue Bomber, and uh, still at Winnipeg Dodge. Bumped into him oh, yeah? at Costco the other day, and we we had a good chat. We're gonna get him on the channel very soon. Nice, love um, that guy. Yeah, yeah, great guy, and it was a heck of a player too. And in time in the NFL, I think sure Dallas was. And, and, and the Patriots. Yeah, but um, you know, talking about uh, Hamilton, and you know, I mentioned Dane Evans with four touchdowns. I'm like, it's it's week two, and he's like. You're right. We don't know anything about these teams yet. So it's a tough one to pick. You know, if, if you like putting a sprinkle on a game here or there, you're looking at the lines on sportsinteraction.com. Uh, you know, I, I think you're you're wary of either of these teams potentially winning uh, handily. So um, we'll, we'll see how it, how it shakes out. I, I, I will give Winnipeg uh, a win because of the home field advantage. And the white jerseys, and they always yeah, do exactly. well with those white jerseys against Hamilton. I love right. it. I know not everybody's into the whiteout because I think it's a Jets thing. Ah, whatever, man. Uh, I think it's going to be Do you like fun. hearing the True North shout out during the anthems at IG Field? 
I don't mind it as long as it's quieter than. Well, it's quieter reading. because most people don't do it, right? Yeah, I I wouldn't want it to be a thing. I like I like so all or can... none. You're going none. Uh, it doesn't bother me that it's there, but I don't want it to be any louder. It's a bomber game. I know I it does it bother. Be... It bothers a lot of people. Does it? Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. I, I like because it it's a to... shout. Out, it's a shout out to the hockey ownership group. Yeah. For, essentially, for bringing the Jets back, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I, get I, that. I, I like the free blue when they say free. Uh, when they say blue, I think that's awesome. I hate I, that it I, sounds like a boo, though. That's I just know. me. That's just me. I hear you. I don't hear chew you. me. Don't chew me up on the hotline, folks. Uh oh, sign guy doesn't know what to wear for the whiteout. Sign guy, get on Twitter and get. You did this before for the Great <laughs> Cup, buddy. Get get some uh, design input from our great fans. I'm sure they've got some ideas for you. Yeah, not to get too much into a preview because you and Walby will be doing it. But um, yeah, give me give me your elevator pitch on what you think in the game. I'm fascinated to see how our defense plays against the Ticats because it seems like they're like Ottawa. They get the ball out pretty quickly. Now I am hearing that Dane Evans maybe tweaked his knee a little bit, so that that'll be interesting to watch. I'm not sure what what to do there. The other thing, so if they get the ball out quick, we know Ottawa did that fairly well against the bombers mm -hmm. uh but if you if you if you load the box and you have it'd be interesting to see if teadric hansen is there if they they've got the physicality that if you just keep trying to dump the ball off again and again they're just going to come downhill and eat you the bombers will so i uh, and and the ticats don't run the ball they really don't run the ball very much and they haven't for a couple of years so I think Sean Thomas Erlington looks better this year than what I saw from him last he does. year. You know, he's yeah. a talented player, but I don't know why they don't, they, they just don't seem to run the ball. So I, I think we'll be okay. As long as we can, we can uh, stop some of that short stuff. Um, but then we well, have this, go ahead. I was just saying, get this. Like they don't run traditional run style game. Like Dane Evans That's led true. the team with six carries. Okay. Sean Thomas Erlington had five, White, Addison, Schultz coming in at quarterback, obviously. Uh, two and three carries, respectively. Malik Irons had one. They had six different ball carriers. Two, yeah. were, quarter two were quarterbacks. So they got four guys running the football. And like I get that, Braylon Addison, you know, Poppy White, th those guys are, are going to be used in different ways. But you're right. They don't run a traditional kind of like yeah. tailback, run the ball like Winnipeg does, right? Um so we'll see it like, you know, I tried to get it out of Zach Kolaris in my conversation with him yesterday. And you can catch some of that on our Instagram bonfire.sports. I think it's on my Twitter as well. Um, you know, how different the opponent is. And, you know, he just says we got to, you know, don't want to give up too much of the game plan. Got to come out fast. I asked him that for a reason. Hamilton runs a very different system than what we saw from Ottawa the last two games. So uh, I think the challenge will be different and just, how Hamilton plays offensive football. You can talk about Masoli versus Evans till the cows come home. Um, the system is different. And I think, you know, it's a different challenge for the blue bombers. It's, you know, here we are third game of the season and they're feeding, meeting their second opponent. It's going to be a bit weird. Um, Zach, let, let's get into our uh, leaders in our fantasy and pick yes. so, still leading the way. And by a pretty healthy margin is Jordy Longbottom. Uh, he's got Again. 1,878 points. Yeah. Maybe I can pull it up here. So shout out to, uh, Jordy sign guy buys an alum 56. 
Uh, he's got the bio picture there uh, running out of the tunnel in his Bison Brown. Love to see that. Uh, Game Time Art, uh, I believe, is a blogger for the Winnipeg Jets or has been in the past. Uh, CJ uh, there at fifth, tied with Snakebite, uh, all doing uh, quite well uh, there. And then our fantasy football. I sure hope this pulls up. Oh, it does. Good. Okay. So Parker East still leading the way in the overall. But let's look at the weekly. And shout out to those that did a great job uh, last week. How do I pull up uh, the week two here? Yeah, I was having trouble with that myself. Well, I guess we just have to look at the overall. But uh, we had some big performers this week. Uh, I forget the name of the individual. I apologize out there. But big shout out. You took a ton of Rough Riders. uh, And and that led to a lot of points. Um, I'm really starting to see... Zach, the um, the Saskatchewan Rough Riders uh, running back, Jamal Morrow, <laughs> he looks so good yeah. right now and adds a great dynamic and, and that run threat to the Saskatchewan Rough Riders offense. The defense, yeah, they, they, they struggled big time, uh, especially in the third and fourth quarter to the Stampeders and losing that game, uh, or pardon me, um, they, they, <laughs> I'm getting them mixed up. Apologies. Saskatchewan had a tough time against Edmonton uh, this past week, but that Jason Shivers defense is very good. Um, Saskatchewan, I think, is giving is going to give Winnipeg their their biggest run for their money in twenty twenty two. Yeah, yeah. You have those three two and O teams, right? Calgary, Winnipeg, Saskatchewan, and it's who's going to come out of there. It's it's going to be fascinating. Uh, I, I I will give myself a plug. Pickham, I'm not so bad. I'm I'm 14th out of how many here? 45, you know, so that's the top third. You're tier. in the top that's third. That's bad. good. Yeah. Uh, the fantasy, I, I don't do well on, but whatever. It's fun. That's all that matters. It's fun. Bombing, you got to get your picks in. You missed the first week, so you're behind. I know, like, I like set them but then i I didn't like confirm them or something like that but i took all the home teams and did go four and oh it's just not showing officially uh, on the pick them so i'll I'll call that the head start i give all you guys handicap yeah yeah we'll call it the handicap i think that's fair uh i'm roughly in picking straight up in the cfl i'm about 68 percent all time i would say over the last six years yeah, five or six years. I'm about sixty-eight percent. So, I don't know. Maybe that's why my buddies keep calling me. The, you know, those ones that like to uh, are a little degenerate with the uh, the gambling. But uh, <laughs> either way, uh, everybody's having fun uh, so far in a very exciting start to the 2022 season. Uh, Zach, yeah. maybe we'll leave it there. Week three is going to be a ton of fun. Thanks to everybody out there for joining us in the live chat on YouTube and Facebook. All of those links, including podcast links bonfiresports.ca hit us up on instagram hit the live chat uh every show uh and hit the hotline 816 tips 816-8477 uh and get down below hit like subscribe if you haven't already give us some comments too. uh get the conversation going in there let's create a community here all of us chilling out around the bonfire in the summer of 2022 it's the longest day of the year zach and the shortest night I hope you have a great one. <laughs> I hope you do too. And everyone on the chat, folks, and stay tuned for After Dark because we may have a special guest who, who 
Speaking of that true north thing, he he may play for that side in in the uh, Winnipeg media scene. I I am taking one of the illegal curve dudes to the game, and he mm. may be. Don't give joining. it away. He Who's may it be, be joining after dark. I'm not going to give it away now, but we're going to do some. Uh, I don't know what they call that. Cross pollinating with 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 the hockey guys. <laughs> I love it. And I love it. I don't know if that was the right yeah. term. No, it's it kind of works. I think it works. But okay. uh, yeah, it, okay. it's going to be fun. So game day after dark, uh, just about an hour after the game uh, on Friday, pregame show. Myself and Chris will be Thursday live, three o'clock, immediately following sports talk. Winnipeg. Okay, everybody, have a great night. Take care. Night, everyone.